Welcome to ECB Everything College Basketball. Cooking it up with Tyler, Josh, and Peyton. Yeah. It's everything college basketball. We're marching on to the madness. Come to the full court press. Every crazy dunk in the conference and how that team's match up. We're pulling your poles, taking your bows, letting the Burton brothers know. The players you're watching, the teachers you're not with, and who you see in the final four. With them shout outs and weekly pickums. Plus those crazy rants from Tyler, Josh, and Peyton. It's ECB. Everything college basketball. Training three. Man, this podcast has it all. It's ECB. Everything college basketball. Training three. Yeah, now the moment you've all been waiting for Your host, from the corner It's Josh and Peyton Burton With Tyler Cool Everything College Basketball Podcast Welcome to episode 59 of the Everything College Basketball Podcast. I'm, of course, Josh Burton. My name is Peyton Burton. And if you can hear in our tone, normally in this intro, I try to be upbeat and positive, but this week has been interesting, to say the least. We, are, of course, are brought to you by Applied Right Painting and Restoration. J.R. Rowan Company do a tremendous work. Um, outside, when the this virus stuff stops... Go ahead and hit Applied Right Painting up for all your painting needs. Tell them ECB sent you, and Peyton, what happens? Uh, when you say ECB sent you, we get a 5% kickback from it. For sure. So, Peyton, we sat here. Hey, it's Selection Sunday. We're about an hour away from finding out the brackets. Don't tease me. But only this year. We are not. Um, you heard that correctly. This is the year we're... It, to me, it felt like, I've mentioned it, it feels like the world has stopped. It feels like the world's been canceled. For those who have maybe been living under a rock, I'm sure you know by now, if not, due to the coronavirus scare and health crisis and world pandemic, <clears throat> not only did the conference tournaments get shut down, but the NCAA tournament wiped there's no bracket reveal this year. There's no not going to be any NCAA tournament. It came out, the news came out on Thursday. And three days later, I'm still in shock. Especially when we should be 45 minutes away from the reveal of the 68 teams. I don't know what else to put it in perspective. Um, and obviously, college basketball is not the only one affected. The NBA season done and probably for the year, but maybe not even get going until June or July if they decide to. Um, no spring football. All spring sports in the NCAA is canceled. Track and field, swimming and diving, or although I think that's winter. Um, baseball, softball, hockey, hockey, the NHL, NASCAR shut down for a while. States have put in limits on gatherings. I know here in the state of Indiana, no more than 250 people max are supposed to be together. 
in one one area. Ohio just came out a couple minutes ago. They're shutting down all bars and restaurants, <clears throat> with the exception of dining or um, carry out and delivery. Like things are getting bad. Um, quarantine, um, obviously, it's it's a lot worse around the world, um, specifically in China and in, or Italy, where China obviously the outbreak started. Italy got hit real hard. They're in quarantine right now. The whole country, yeah. Spain, all forty six million people are in quarantine. They're in, discouraged from leaving their houses. But college basketball. We are so used and accustomed to this time of year. It's the our favorite time of the year for us who love this like we love it. Um, we should be getting ready for the reveal of brackets. Peyton, you and I and everybody else in this business, you know, everybody who does this, we spend three, six, five learning players, getting ready for the new season, tracking stuff as the season progresses, whether it be players, teams, injuries, scores, storylines, recruiting, et cetera, et cetera, to build up and the drama builds and the drama builds to this moment. And we always get that payoff of there's going to be a final four. There's going to be a champion. And then we can discuss it at the end. Now it's, it's all speculation. And the thing about it, Peyton, and this is almost kind of fitting for the year we had, where so many upsets we're going to talk about here later on. Um, just as wild as this year is, we were set up legit. I could think probably 20 teams are better off top of my head that had a legit chance of winning the tournament this year. Yep. At least one third of the field that made the NCAA tournament this year, I think could have won it. And that's more than I've ever probably said. Mm-hmm. Man, um, heartbreaking. Uh, I'm in like a range of emotions right now because um, I'm annoyed. I'm sad. I am a little bit happy, not for like the tournament getting canceled for a coach hiring. We'll talk about later. That made me extremely happy, um, but mostly I'm like heartbroken because this is what we do. We build up all year for it, talking about college basketball, getting to know these players, like you said, watching these teams. It's been a hell of a season, a crazy year, one of the craziest seasons I've ever witnessed in my life, and we're setting up for maybe one of the greatest tournaments of all time. Um, crazy stuff, and now we're not going to get to see the tournament happening. And the reason I'm annoyed, because go step-by-step, step, uh, I think, t- first of all, conference tournaments starting to get canceled. Like, Ivy League, I think it was the first one to cancel their tournament. Um, then it came out, the NCAA said that they'll have no fans in attendance for the tournament, and that annoyed me a little bit, because, listen, nobody, I don't care, big games, small games, nobody wants to play in an arena with no fans. How are you going to get hyped? How are you going to get motivated? And it would not be the same. And then more conference tournaments. And Saturday, the ACC came out with their press conference and said, no, we're going to have our games. Florida State was on the damn court ready to play the game against, uh, I don't remember who they was playing. Clemson. Clemson, yeah. They was going to play the game in Clemson. And all of a sudden, they went off the court. And it came out that they canceled the whole tournament. SEC canceled. And then came out that the tournament itself was canceled, which I don't understand why you couldn't postpone it. Like the NBA suspended their season. They're going to at least try to get the games in. Uh, the, um, everything else, soccer suspended their season. They're at least going to try the masters to suspend them. Yeah. And they that, didn't even try. They just canceled it all. And that right there, like pisses me off a little yeah, bit. And that's the frustration. Just postpone it. Just at least at give it a le- shot. Thank you. At least give it a shot. If you revisit say, 
mid-April and this thing's still out of control, <clears throat> then cancel. Yeah, At least fine. you tried. Yes. You and, and I understand maybe contracts with like some of these buildings, but you're already planning to move the no fans turn of it version of it to very smaller venues. So just play the same thing in the, the, the regular form. Um, just give us a tournament. At least give us a shot. They even came out and Dave Gavitt, the vice president in CAA, said that um, they even considered a 16 old school style 16 tournament. Yeah. Which would have been fine because we've still got the tournament, but it would have sucked for teams of the smaller that already won automatic bids because um, they wouldn't have qualified. No. But, yeah, just postpone it. If this thing's still bad in a month from now, then at least we can be like, well, we tried, guys. We mm-hmm. tried. It, it's it's a shame. You talked about conference tournaments. Um, how about the Big East? Everybody else that day would cancel in the Big East. Like, well, we'll we're still going to play. Creighton and the one seed in the Big East tournament Playing the nine seed St. John's. St. John's let them at halftime. Yeah. Let them at halftime and then they cancel the game at half. Um, the last Big East winner I've seen this. How about this? The the last winner of the Big East, and I think the last winner of any college basketball this season, the DePaul Blue Demons. Yeah, yeah. Because they upset uh Xavier the night before. Yeah. Which I think would have busted Xavier's bubble, by the way. Mm-hmm. They definitely would have. Um, let's go ahead and real quick. We're talking about let's go ahead and the conference games that we conference sermon games we did get in this past week, Peyton. Because this is, by the way, this is way early, but it's going to be our end of season review show. Yeah. It's the only thing we can do. Um, conference tournaments, though, we did get those few games in as far as the big conferences. DePaul upset Xavier. I think that today they wouldn't have heard their name. They would have been a one seed in the NIT. Yeah. Um, which you talk about DePaul season. We're doing this interview. Remember, they started off the non-conference like red hot. They beat – look back at the wins out. They beat Iowa. Yeah. They beat Texas Tech. Um, Who else? I'd have to go back and look at their – but remember, they had some really good wins because we were talking about them going to the Big East play. And yeah. then they lost, like, their first nine in Big East play. Yeah, but everything went down here after that. Um, and then they come back and knock off Xavier. Um, Big Ten play Indiana. I thought, you know, they ended up blowing out um, – Nebraska, yeah. and I think that would have clinched their spot. Probably would have. For sure, I think it would have clinched their spot. I thought if they lost that game, they was out. But they ended up taking in business and got the job done. Beat their ass here. At one point, they was down, and they started hitting. They started firing from three. Yeah, oh, is it um, Armand Franklin caught fire? Yeah, Armand Franklin caught fire. He JD is a beast. He's legit. Uh, Armand Franklin played good both games this year up yeah. in uh, Conseco. Mm-hmm. Banker's Life, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, what's some of the other conference? And you know what's sad? I mean, obviously we'd have been shaped up. Conference tournaments are always fun, but we talked about last week a conference tournament or an NCAA tournament eliminator potentially against Texas Tech and Texas on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, on Wednesday, and we got robbed out of that. Yep, that'd been an eliminator game right there. Mm-hmm. And- um. Just wild. A couple ACC. North Carolina got smashed Smash. by Syracuse. Let's just awful. talk real quick about North Carolina, how bad of a year they had. Year in review here. North Carolina started the year off with a lot of promise. Yeah, we predicted them top three in the ACC Yeah, behind Louisville and Duke. Yep. And they started the year off fine. Mm-hmm. Started the year off fine. Went to the battle of Atlantis. Did lose the game real bad against Michigan. But that's when Michigan was on the ascent. Yeah. Turned around. They ended up beating Oregon. Mm-hmm. Carolina looked fine. Cole Anthony goes down. The season goes due. Shit. Gonzaga smashes them. 
I mean, they're just getting beat left, right, and center. They lose all them games at home. Mayor Clemson beats them at home. Or on Clemson beat them. Clemson beat them at Clemson, right? I think so. Yeah, because Clemson beat yeah. Carolina, uh, Duke, Louisville, and Florida, Florida State. State all at home. Yeah. Uh, I thought, um, thought to shut off for a second. Sorry. I mean, Carolina, though, then they go on a little win streak toward the end of the year there. Knowing yeah. they needed to run the table ACC tournament, almost, smashed Virginia Tech. Almost beat Duke. And then they got walloped by Syracuse. This Carolina team wasn't even going to make the NIT. No. Unfortunately, no. Um, then they started the year of They beat Notre Dame first game of the year, ACC conference play, right off the bat, beat a decent uh, Notre Dame team. Um, I had I didn't have high expectations for them, but I definitely did not in a million years would ever expect this type of season coming out of them. Because, like, Cole Anthony, he's, like, coming into this year, I was super high on him. I was excited to watch him play. Um, playing in the ACC conference against guys like Trey Jones and guys like that. Um, I was a super excited to watch him play. He did what he could, but he had, like, no help whatsoever. Until, like, Garrison Brooks showed up there late. Um, he started playing well. Amano Bacat did never really showed up. He never really season. panned he out. He was disappointing. And injuries caught up with them. You mentioned Cole Anthony. Um, it was not a good season for Carolina. One of Roy Williams' worst seasons of ever. A North Carolina team that couldn't score. Could not score. Nothing. It's crazy. We should have known the Dubs was a sign that this was going to end like this. Yeah. Um, another storyline that was huge coming in to the season. Uh-oh. Another storyline that was huge coming in the season that didn't pan out the way everybody thought it would was Memphis was a talk of the town. Tons of talent coming into the season. The best recruiting class in all of college basketball coming into the year. The unanimous, or at least consensus, number one pick in the upcoming draft, should they finally get to have it this summer, um, James Wiseman gets to play for a little bit. Tremendous in those early games. I think the first two games that they had, he had a t- combined like 22 dunks. Yeah. Uh, like ran the floor. We know the talent. Then gets suspended. And then on the eve, basically, he's, what, two games away from coming back from suspension because he got suspended right after the Oregon game. He has to serve that, what, 10 or 12 games suspension, eight games, whatever it was. He's getting ready to come back, and then he's like, nah, I'm done. I'm bolting. And Memphis kind of just went by the wayside, even though Precious Achua was phenomenal. Um, Memphis wasn't who we thought they were after Wiseman. No, they lost their best player, either one or two uh, uh, in the draft coming up this year. You can argue either him or Anthony Edwards or even the middle ball. Um, one of those three could have easily been number one pick for this upcoming draft if they didn't have it. Uh, it's just crazy. Uh, Memphis definitely, I was high on coming this year because they had the number one recruiting class. All those freshmen coming in, Lester Cornones, um, Damian Ball, all DJ Jeffries, um, James Wiseman, Precious Achua, you mentioned. All those guys coming in, they had a talented roster. And it was basically Penny's second year for Memphis, but his really is – first good team that he had yep. and there's a lot of expectations coming into the season they started to uh, do well uh had that game against Oregon I don't know if they won or they lost, lost. they, they lost, lost. But right. they lost but James Wiseman I think had like a double double in that game um it's just crazy like this whole season and it's I should have known coming into the season like something like this would have happened because you mentioned Carolina not playing up to, ex- to the expectations I thought of Michigan State was very lackluster at one point Look, we'll get into that. I was getting my next question for you since we're talking about Let's go ahead and talk. <clears throat> First, let's start with the teams who underperformed our expectations this year. 
You just mentioned two of them, Memphis. Well, you mentioned three of them, Memphis, North Carolina, Michigan State. Who else are expectations? And Michigan State was starting to get red hot. They, there, start, they yeah, were starting to get red yeah, hot, and this would have been that could have been very dangerous right now. Um, easily could have been playing for the Big Ten championship today. No doubt. Easily. Probably would have. Neither here nor there. They were disappointing the fact that they were the number one team in the nation preseason um, and then just kept lo- – they just – it took them a long time to find a rhythm, and that's an experienced team that we didn't expect that to happen. Mm-mm. But so so those three teams, who else kind of to you – Disappointing this year. SEC Conference, Florida Gators. Florida, Absolutely. I, I thought top 10 team in the nation as soon as they got Katie Blackshear Jr. As soon as they got him, I think me and Cook said the same thing, top 10 team in the nation. And I thought there was going to be one and two battle in Kentucky for the SEC regular season championship. And they did not stop the U off well. They were struggling early. Uh, almost got beat by Miami in that one tournament that they had. Like, just struggling. It took them a long time to get going. And even then, they still didn't really perform to their expectations. It was bad. They had talent, too. They had Scotty Lewis. They had Andrew Nimhard. Like, they had guys who could go out there and get buckets. And it just never gelled together. And I don't know what happened to them. I still think if you go back a couple episodes, and it might have been <laughs> one of the shows I did by myself, I think I said Mike White's doing this team a disservice. That team needs to play fast. Yeah. Fast and loose. And I know they struggled, especially Scotty Lewis, from shooting a three most of the time. But when they would play stretches of up and down ball, that they were really dangerous. Yeah. He had them playing that meticulous half court. I think it hurt them. But Florida is a very good one. Another top 10 preseason team. I've got 240 out west. Arizona, and they were going to make tournament. They were in now top 25 all year. But Peyton, you look at that lineup coming in. That's another team that we thought would top 10. Potentially could sneak up to the overall number one team at some point throughout the year. Um, Nico Mannion, <laughs> Zeke Naji, Josh Green. Jamal Baker, Max Hazard, uh, transfer from UC Irvine. Lots of talent, and they just – they were just so-so. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I thought Nico Mano was one of the flashiest point guards you'd see look, coming into this year. Him and Cole Anthony battling out. Um, just never really did well this season. Um, I don't know. I thought Josh Green was going to lead the Pac-12 in scoring. I mentioned that last week. And he just did not come into his own. Uh, he did not get into his scoring ways like he did in high school. Zeke Naji is the only one who really played well for Arizona. Max Hazard didn't really show his experience um, coming for UC Irvine, but just all around not a good year. And I think I know the next team you're going to Go mention. ahead, if you know. Washington. The Washington Huskies. They had talent. Isaiah Stewart, one of the best bigs in the nation, coming in for freshman at least. Um, you had Jaden um, McDaniels. McDaniels, who's a beast, power forward. Uh, you had Claude Green uh, coming from Kentucky who was supposed to play. We didn't know if he was going to play. Like He's only supposed to play like second half of the season, correct? Yeah. And then he got full eligibility. They started to play in. They did well. They beat Baylor. Yeah. When, like, Baylor the before. second game of the year. First or second game was, of the year. Yeah, first or second game. They beat a Baylor, a Baylor team that was good and talented. And then Quality Green got his eligibility taken away, and they just went downhill. Finished last in the Pac-12. Did not expect that at all. Yeah. Um, Washington, absolutely just disappointing. Two other schools from the Big 12 for me. Maybe you don't think so. Um, I thought in a must-need, get to the tournament, win at least one game year for Shaka Smart. Texas was not – they started off good. They went to Purdue and got a win in Purdue early in November there, early december late November, early December. They could have been a tournament team. They could have been a tournament team for all we know. And they could have won a game. 
But I thought they had enough pieces returning, mixing with a couple key freshmen. I thought that they could have been a lot better than what they are, and they just kind of faltered as Big 12 play started. Just so-so in a must, like, again, a must-win year for Shaka Smart. The other one, Texas Tech. And I knew we – I knew. Let's face it. They lost a lot of pieces. They lost um, – Jarrett Culver. Jarrett Culver. They lost – um, oh God, the shot blocker from last year, Owens. Uh, uh, um, Owens. Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of his name. I know. Uh, Mooney. Mooney. They lost. Mo- they, they lost some pieces, yeah. but they also brought some back. Mm-hmm. David Moretti was an ex- one of the more experienced guards in college basketball. The one, the best free throw shooter in college basketball last year. Yeah. Shot like what ninety five percent from the free throw line, and they brought in a couple grad transfers, and mm-hmm. plus a five star kid in Jamias Ramsey. Yep. I know injuries hurt them because Ramsey was out, but they did get the win over Louisville. It seemed like every time they had a big game, they would beat somebody and then turn around and lose bad at TCU or something. Something, yeah. Um, a little disappointed in Texas Tech. Not on the scale I was with Washington or Florida, but a little disappointed. Anybody else on that kind of disappointing scale this year? Another team for the Pac-12. Um, I had high expectations for them, but you had them actually winning the Pac-12. That's Colorado. Yeah. Colorado, I feel like a team. I mean, they weren't bad, nothing like Washington or Florida, teams like that we mentioned, but they just did not perform to the expectations, I thought, coming to this season. I thought they had a deep, talented roster who can win the Pac-12 or at least compete with Oregon and definitely be like a top-15 team in the nation. They just didn't really pan out. Um, like, it's crazy, but Colorado, I feel like I should pit them in there. They finished sixth in the Pac-12. Crazy. Sixth in the Pac-12. Flip side. Let's give some love to teams who uh, met our expectations or outperformed our expectations. I think you start with the best team in the land at the end of the season, Kansas Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. All the hype and circumstances with the scandals and FBI and uh, yada, 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 Kansas. just And, and then take into account they lose that first game of the year to Duke. Almost 30 turnovers. Yeah, I think 28 to be exact. More, more concern coming out of that game than um, praise. And then they just go on a run. They stay rock steady defensively. They have one of the contenders for National Player of the Year, um, one of the best point guards in the land. They Marcus Garrett defend, or developed into a good two-way player. He was always a good defender. He developed into that guy could hit a big shot when he needed to or take it to the rim. They had one fr- of their freshmen. One freshman really started to step up in Christian Braun. That Kansas team, man, we had them either one or two in our polls. At preseason, and they showed out. The thing is, though, um, coming into the season, they had like a obviously a lot of expectations. One of the best teams in the nation. They had Doak, who was a phenomenal big. Um, D'Souza getting his first year back from being suspended last year, um, and they had all the talent freshmen freshmen coming in, and they also had that scandal coming in. They had a lot of stuff, and plus the backup point guard Isaac McBride left the team. Yeah, he just left. I want to. He was a four star. He was going to be a Kind of Devon Dawson type point guard. He's going to come off the bench. I wonder how good they even will be if they had him as well. But definitely one of the teams that you did look after. Another team that I look at who exceeded my expectations, Florida State. There you go. Won the ACC Conference. Did not expect them. I expected them to be top four good in the ACC Conference. But I did not expect in a million years that they'd be winning the damn thing. There you go. Especially losing what they lost last year. Uh, kept their poise. Leonard Hamilton. He was my last year, uh, last uh, week. I named him my coach of the year. 
and he deserved it. Florida State is a team that exceeded my expectations. Absolutely. And um, let's go back to the Big 12, Baylor. Baylor, we had them between that 15 to 20 range preseason, and my God, how good did they – with the exception, I know they lost three of their last five down the stretch. But how good were they all year, though? They're going to be a one seed probably. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Macy likely. Oteague, Jared Butler, like that team was phenomenal. Just uh-huh. put the clamps on you defensively. Peyton, we got a host of teams we need to shout out in the Big Ten for being overperformers this year. You look at Penn State. Yes, Moa Stevens. Penn State, phenomenal. How about Wisconsin? Share the definitely Big Ten them. title. Mm-hmm, definitely. Them. Wisconsin. I want to shout out, I think for his first year, Juwan Howard did a great job at Michigan. Yeah, I do too. Red hot early on. Kind of stumbled in between, but stayed top 25 most of the year. They're going to make the tournament. Um. That Juwan Howard, Michigan. Yep. More than what people probably thought. Uh huh. Definitely. Um. The uh, Indiana. Yeah. I mean, they got the big win against Florida State. Yeah. So, yeah. We can go I mean, Indiana. I can throw them in there if you wanted to. Yeah, we can. Um, I was a little higher on preseason than you were, so maybe that's justified for you. Yeah. Let's go out to the Big East. You got it. Creighton came out of nowhere. We knew we had they were predicted seventh by the media in the Big East preseason. We had them somewhere around there as well. But my God, we knew that Marcus Zagorowski was going to be good, but we didn't know everybody else was going to be that good. We didn't know him and Tyshawn Alexander were going to combine for one of the best backcourts in all of America. Oh yeah, I definitely did not expect that. Uh, Creighton's really done good this year. Um, getting the share of the Big East uh, regular season title. Uh, definitely a phenomenal year for them. Peyton, we got a shout-out. Again, we did it last week. Dude, UCLA, Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin. I was going to say him. Uh, definitely did not expect him to do what he did this year. Uh, at one point, he could have won. They could have won the Pac-12 regular season championship until they got beat by USC in the last game. Uh, phenomenal year for him. Uh, what a way to start off. I did not expect that Coach Hyman could be as good as it was. Um UCLA is definitely – I thought they was going to be bottom of the totem pole. Uh, they was at the top of the Pac-12, so I was hell alone. Didn't I expect it? Let's stay out west too, San Diego State. Uh, got to. You'd have to be lying if you said that you've seen that coming. Hell, you have to. I mean, I wasn't as high on them as everyone else was, uh, so you got to give pops when pops do. Um, another team, Dayton. Dayton, oh, there you go. And I feel – we'll talk about it in the second segment, but I feel so bad for a team like Dayton and the program. They had a legitimate shot to go to the Final Four and maybe even win the damn whole thing. Um, Obi Toppin, phenomenal player. He's your uh, player of the year last week. You named him. Um, Dayton's a team that I didn't, I didn't really expect it, to be honest. Did not expect it at all. They showed out in the Maui tournament. Um, phenomenal. Phenomenal year for them. I Absolutely. feel so bad for them. Just unbelievable. Real quick, in SCC, I want to shout out Bruce Pearl and Auburn. Um, they could have easily, after that Final Four team, they could have easily. They lost two of their best point or two of their best guards of all time, and Jarrett Harper and Bryce Brown. And they come back. Samir Doughty was SEC caliber player of the year. Good. Um. Austin Wiley coming back in the middle. A whole host of contributors. Some really good freshmen. Bruce Pearl, I think that Auburn team is going to be like that every single year. They're going to be top four SEC, top 25 good all year long. I mean, every year of them. Yeah, and a team that beat them in the Final Four, Virginia. That's the last team I mentioned. Virginia had a struggle year. Offense didn't really kick in after losing their three best players last year. Um, after winning the national championship. I guess just technically still the defending champs. Yeah, uh, they will be. crowned a champion this year, unfortunately. 
Uh, Virginia is a team that I look at did very, did very well with, with, with what they had. Uh, it showed uh, if you have an elite defensive ability that you can go anywhere. Don't matter. Just you saying that that since we won't have a champion this year just breaks my heart. Yeah, I didn't really want to say it either because I don't like Virginia. Just but. breaks my heart. Real quick, we got to give some love on the women's side, Peyton. Uh, you'd be stupid not to. South Carolina was the Phenomenal, class of the field. Definitely the best team. I watched. I Do you know who their only of, loss was? Uh, was it? Can, wait. Was it Indiana, Indiana in the, oh in God, the early that. season tournaments. Yeah, I forgot about that. Indiana. Indiana got Dude, Indiana was good this year. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the year. The tri-region here, Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky women, all of them top 20, 25 good all year long. Mm-hmm. A lot of them top 15. Yeah. Louisville was like top 10 like all year round. So you want to shout out all three of those programs. Ryan Howard, again, was SEC Player of the Year. She was going to be considered for National Player of the Year. But – it was going to go to Sabrina Ionesca. She is a baller. She is a, go, going to go down as one of the greatest college women's basketball players of all time. I don't care what anybody says, especially the my era that I've seen. She's like the only player ever in men's or women's history. She scored 2,500 points. Um, was the assist? Over 1,000 assists and rebounds. Where the hell is that? She had over 1,000 rebounds. She's the first player to ever do that in any college basketball, in women's or men's. Phenomenal. She's a baller. I watched her game against the uh, Pac-12 championship game against, oh, God, who did they face? I can't think. Stanford. Stanford, that's who it yeah. was. I watched that. She went off at, like, 19 points. Just She's just a baller. Yeah. Um, phenomenal player. And I'm going to miss her, man, because – She's a hell of a player. I wanted to see her in the Again, I think the SEC was probably the best conference in basketball for the women's side because you had South Carolina, you had Mississippi State, Texas Texas A&M, Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee, all of them really good programs in the SEC conference. Just so many. It's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable that we won't have champions this year. We should be 15 minutes away from Selection Sunday. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Um Definitely not – it's definitely not good. I don't like it. It feels honestly weird. It feels weird not to be talking about Selection Sunday or watching the Selection Sunday. Like, it feels weird. Yeah. I don't know how I should feel. <laughs> so, Peyton, we're going to take a break in the action. When we come back in the second segment, Peyton and I are continuing our end-of-season review. We are going to talk more about the cancellations and the ramifications of the coronavirus canceling our NCAA tournament. What the last – Bractology that Joe Lenardi had out projected. Of course, this was on Wednesday afternoon or Thursday, sometime before the NCAA had basically officially canceled. We're going to review our team seasons. Um, real good chance that the one of the Bluegrass teams could have brought home the title and why we feel terrible for the seniors and people playing their final college game on both the men's and women's side. You're listening to episode 59 the NCAA cancellation edition of Everything College Basketball. We'll be right back in a moment. What's happening, College Hoops fans? It is Conrad Cushman from the Everything Pro Wrestling podcast, and I'm here to tell you how you can follow Everything Pro Wrestling. First, go to your Facebook, type in the search bar, Everything Pro Wrestling. Look for our official page with over 1,000 likes and make sure you give it a like. Also, we have a closed group with over 200 members in it where you can join discussions and talk about anything and everything pro wrestling. We also have a Twitter handle, and that is at EPW Show. And we have a podcast, and the podcast is available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And remember, Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans. Now let's get back to talking some college hoops. Welcome back to episode 59 of the Everything College Basketball Podcast, the end of season edition, when it should be all excited for the NCAA selection show. We should be doing this show, talking about the brackets and excited and who got screwed and the region of death and everything else. Um, but we're not... As you all know, again, we talk about the coronavirus has ruined and pretty much everything in the world. And and we're not making light of people who's died or really got sick. So don't think that. And we do have listeners. Um, actually, look at our statistics today, Peyton. Um, our Chinese listeners come from one of the hardest hit areas over there by the coronavirus. Um, Zhengzhou in the Henan province. So that's the fourth largest province over there in china hit by the corona so you guys over there hope you're staying safe thank you for listening um italy italy we love you uh, obviously peyton knows my affinity for italy it be, did, have you seen the videos came out though they're in complete quarantine but the people in italy singing from their balconies yeah, I've seen that. great stuff yeah. um italy is a listener of ours one of our countries shout out to italy and everywhere across the world dealing with this obviously but peyton Let's go ahead and take a peek. Monday, the NC are the not the NCA, but the AP released their final version of the AP top twenty-five. Both the AP and the coaches poll. We will focus on the AP because that's the one that really matters. Peyton going down the list, the final AP poll of the 2019-2020 season. Excuse me there. Number one, taking all 65 first place votes as they should, the Kansas Jayhawks. Number two, Gonzaga. Three Dayton, four Florida State, five Baylor. Peyton, any thoughts on that top, final top five? Well, they got it right. Kansas definitely deserved all the votes because there was no doubt undisputed the best team in the nation. They had the best talent and one of the best coaches, and they really performed to their best. And Baylor at five, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. They did lose the last three other five games. And Zag is a team like I've never, ever been high on. Offensively, they're great. Defensively, I feel like they're a liability. Um, Dayton, I feel like, is definitely a top three team. And Florida State, I'm fine with. I'm fine with top five, definitely. I'm just happy Kansas is number one. Yeah. Um, the only argument, and I, it, it's mute now. It doesn't matter. But it does, so we're talking about it. I understand Baylor, only four losses. But they did lose three of their last five, and they stayed in the top five when you had a team. I'm not even going to argue for Kentucky on this. When you had teams like Michigan State, I know they had nine losses, but red hot. Creighton, red hot. I think Baylor could at least slip to the seven or eight, is all I'm saying. Yeah, um, I definitely could have seen it. Six through ten, San Diego State dropped one spot from the poll the week before after their conference championship loss to Utah State. Creighton in at 7, Kentucky 8, Michigan State 9, Duke 10. 
to round out the 11 through 25, Peyton, Villanova 11, Maryland 12, Oregon 13, BYU 14, Louisville 15, Seton Hall 16, Virginia 17, Wisconsin 18, Ohio State 19, Auburn 20, Illinois 21, West Bygod, Virginia, and Houston tied for 22, Butler 24, and the Iowa Hawkeyes 25. The leading vote getter just on the outside looking in was Stephen F. Austin with 75 votes. Um, Peyton, obviously the Big Ten dominated the polls this year. The final AP poll, the Big Ten acquired, where are we at? One, two, three, four, five, six teams inside the top 25 in the, in the season in by far the best conference. Yeah, no doubt. Real quick, how many f- spots did Louisville fall from last week? Five spots. They went from 10 to 15. Let me talk about that real quick. Um, Obviously, the polls, I mean, now they would kind of matter because it's like the last poll and we don't have, we can't crown a champion this year or anything like that. I am so confused here. And before I say this, Kentucky fans, I've already said this in a group. I mean, no disrespect because y'all have been dealing it all year round with you guys and Duke. I get Duke's bias is completely different than Kentucky. Kentucky definitely has bias. I want to say that real quick. Real quick. How in the hell? Kentucky loses the game to Tennessee at or at home. They was up around like 15 points, something like that. End up giving it away. Tennessee comes back and beat them. A lackluster Tennessee team. Don't care if it's a rival game or not. They lose to Tennessee. They drop two spots. Louisville goes at Virginia. One of the hottest teams in America. Lights out right now. Really red hot. They go at Virginia and only lose by three points. Had a very good chance of winning it. And we dropped five points. It's not the fact that Kentucky dropped two points, uh, or two, not two points, uh, two po- two uh, spots. It's the fact that Louisville dropped five. I don't uh, I don't understand that whatsoever. Uh, this, just, this season was weird. Yeah, was I mean, weird. I just don't understand how Louisville drops five spots after going to at Virginia and losing to a red-hot Virginia team. That right there just confuses me. No idea. Duke loses two games in a row at the at drops one point. two spots. In the at- – Actually, I think they and they stayed the same in the net ranking, which don't make any sense. Uh, inconsistency. Speaking of the net rankings, Peyton Gonzaga ends the year on the top, number one net ranking spot. Gonzaga one, Kansas two, Dayton three, San Diego State four, Baylor five, Duke six, Michigan State seven, uh, Louisville eight, BYU nine, Florida State ten in the net rankings. Uh, for those wondering, Kentucky was twenty first, Purdue thirty second. And Indiana was 56th net ranking. Any thought real quick on the final net? Because I see some Gonzaga fans because of this wanting to claim national champion. And we're going to sad story of the week besides the coronavirus. I got one to end the show on. How is Kansas not number one? I, I don't know. How, I don't like, know. How is Gonzaga no, number one? Like, the net ranking, I don't really give a shit about the net rankings. Excuse my language. I really don't give a shit about the net rankings. I don't really care. I mean, I like the RPI better anyways. Um, but the net rankings, I just never paid attention to. The fact that you Unless they gave them that boost because they beat St. Mary's, Saint in, the, Mary's in the final. Whatever. I mean, they did lose to BRU a couple weeks before that. So, like, I don't, I don't understand it. Kansas is the best team in the nation. You cannot tell me otherwise. They deserve to be the number one in the net rankings. Plus, if you were talking about extreme like, schedule, they play Duke first game of the season. Um, and the tournament, the Maui tournament, they play Dayton, uh, Colorado. They've played tough they opponents. They played Baylor. They played West Villanova. Virginia, Baylor twice. Like, they've had a tough schedule. And so, and Gonzaga's been on that weak uh, WCC conference. So, like, I just, it's not comparable to me. Yeah. So, let's go ahead. 
before I turn the floor over to you for the final bracketology that Lenardi released this year, the final Ken Palm standings, of course, Kansas was one, as they should be. Gonzaga two, Baylor three, Dayton four, Duke five in that. The the numbers love Duke this year. And the ACC was not strong, so whatever. San Diego State six, Michigan State seven, Ohio State eight, Louisville nine, West Virginia ten. For those wondering, Kentucky was 29th in Ken Palm, Indiana 34th. But again, I think the numbers were skewed this year. They're, the way the season was, numbers were skewed. Um, the top adjusted offense in America this year was Gonzaga. I do that's, definitely see that. Yeah, that's fine. I have no problem with I that. I definitely see that. Um, a surprise on there, because remember how bad they started the year scoring the ball. Michigan State was 10th hmm. in adjusted offense. 10th. Uh, adjusted defense, the number one defense in the land was Virginia again. Remember, yeah. at one point this year, they were down to like 8th. Yeah, no question. Um, Virginia crawls back. Kansas, number two in defense. I call that this year. I'm just saying. I talked to Cook before the season started. I watched the whole, like, the preseason games before that, before the season started. I told Cook, like, I have a feeling, like, it's, Kansas is going to be one of the best defensive teams in the nation. I can literally go back in the message and screenshot it because I literally said that. Here's here's the weird thing. I don't mean to cut you off. Kentucky, no, was, Kentucky was way down there, and I thought their defense was phenomenal all year. Their defense is 53rd. And I know that's by numbers, but to me, especially that last month and a half, I felt they would put clamps on teams. Yeah. Um, I definitely think they, at one point, especially starting the season, they was one of the best defensive teams in the nation. Them and Louisville, I feel like Louisville really fell off their defensive identity um, and not really and allowed a bunch of teams to score a lot of points on them. How about West Virginia third? West Virginia, I had no problem with that. West Virginia. All right, let's go ahead in the final Lenardi bracketology, Peyton. Just hit us with some of the – some of the interesting stuff. Uh, so all the number one seeds, Kansas is number one overall seed in the Midwest. Uh, Kentucky's a two seed. Uh, the West, uh, the West region, Gonzaga's a one seed. San Diego State's a two. Uh, in the East, Dayton's a one seed. Florida State's a two. In the South, Baylor is the one seed, and Creighton's the two. Um, I feel like every region is balanced. Duke actually got a tough region, uh, being there with Kansas and Kentucky, Auburn. Uh, they got to play, if this, according to this, you had to play Belmont, the 14 seed. Um, definitely not an easy region for them. Uh, the West, Oregon's in there, Michigan's in there, LSU, Seton Hall, definitely not an easy region whatsoever. Louisville's region, no new Baylor. And they got to play a team like Vermont, Anthony Lamb. Like, that would terrify me. I'm kind of happy we don't have to play them because <laughs> that would extremely terrify me. Um, Illinois is in there, too. Michigan State, Virginia's in there. Yeah, okay, I'm glad we didn't get this bucket. Um, East, um, Dayton, obviously, is number one. Florida State's the two, I mentioned. Villanova's the three. Butler's in there. Maryland's in there. I don't. I feel like all these regions are very balanced. I don't know if there's a region of death. And that's what sucks. I, it just breaks my heart because at this point, I mean, you're looking at Kentucky on that. Bracketology is the two. Duke's your three. Kansas is your one. Who was the four? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Up in Indianapolis. I don't care at this point. Give me that group of death. At this point, if Kentucky went, if we played the tournament and they had to go out in the second round just to have the tournament, you don't understand until it's gone. Dude, give me the hardest bracket possible if that's what it means to have this NCAA tournament. Yeah, I just mentioned the bracket or the region that Louisville would be in, the region that would terrify me. A lot of teams I do would not want to play. I rather play that. I mentioned this. I think I sent it to you and Cook. I rather have a, 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 a one of our group chats. I rather have a heartbreaking loss 
I would rather lose to a damn 16 seed. I don't care than have no tournament at all. Because if you have no tournament, then there's a lot of what ifs, and I hate what ifs. Yeah, I hate that. So like, we just I guess we'll just never know. And that's ugh, sucks. I yeah, we'll, let's go and talk about our teams, Kentucky, Louisville, and we'll talk about the respective Indiana, Purdue as well, real quick, and then we'll get into more what these cancellations mean, Peyton. I'll start with the Cats. We'll talk about them. Kentucky goes 25-6 and six overall this season. Finished first in the SEC. Won the conference by three games. Um, start the year off in a 1-2 matchup, beating Michigan State. Then they take the everything that everybody wanted to hold on to. They took that embarrassing loss as the number one team in the land at home against Evansville. Then they win a bunch of games in a row, lose to Utah, lose to Ohio State. By the way, bad Utah team at the time, red hot um, Ohio State. And then they go on a win streak again. They beat Louisville at home. Louisville was playing phenomenal at the time. They lose at South Carolina, go on another win streak, lose at Auburn in a game where 50-some fouls were called. (laughs) Yeah. Go on a huge win streak again, blow the Tennessee game, and then they come back for the ages at Florida without Ashton Hagens. Peyton, Kentucky's season was definitely – you only had six losses. It was definitely oh, the weirdest resume because they had so many quality wins. The Michigan State win, the Louisville win. Um, uh, God, where was the other ones? Um, at Arkansas at the time, at Texas Tech. Auburn at Tennessee at LSU Florida twice and then they had some weird losses at South Carolina home against Evansville the Utah game and the development of Emmanuel quickly and Nick Richards into SEC player of the year and SEC player of the year candidate runner-up yeah John Calipari did a phenomenal job all around this year his coaching staff and I really think, and I know it got under people's skin when they were talking about the cancellation and Cal was dejected and he was talking about this team. He said, I love this team because they did. If you watch this team, with the exception of that little Hagen's blow up there at the end, this team played for each other. They played their ass off defensively. They shared the ball. This team loved each other, and they were gr- they were shaping up to be legitimately a team that could win the whole damn thing. They, um, your final, your thoughts on Kentucky as a whole this year? They was final four good. I know people got pissed off, or not really pissed off. We got upset. I'm just making fun of them for saying that we had a legitimate shot at winning the national title. Listen, if your coach doesn't say that, and then what? Like why? Any coach would say that. Coach could say. I guarantee if Coach Cassesi said that, nobody would have a problem. No one a bad eye. Um, it's just how it is. But I had no problems. Listen, I'm a Louisville fan. Obviously, everybody knows I do not like Kentucky whatsoever. Uh, but I give respect and respect to do. They've had a hell of a season. Um, battled back after they beat Michigan State, and obviously that terrible Evansville loss. I mean, everybody wants to hold that against them throughout the whole year. They definitely had some good wins. Um, Michigan State, Louisville, Texas Tech, teams like that. They beat. But they also had terrible losses against and, teams like Utah, obviously the Evansville one. And history be on our side. The last <clears> time <throat> that Kentucky on the road beat Tennessee, LSU, and Vanderbilt in the same year, all on the road, they won the title in 98. And this team was shaping up. They could they were going to give some teams problems. They could have got all the way to a two-line. They were going to give some teams problems, but we'll never know. Final stats for Kentucky this season. Um Average 74.4 points a game. Emmanuel Quickly let him 16.1. Nick Richards, 14. Tyrese Maxey, 14. I thought he had a great freshman year and probably his only year in Lexington. Ashton Hagen's 11.5 points. Upped his points per game by a good four or five points. 
EJ Montgomery, 6.1, but he was turning it on that last six or seven games. EJ Montgomery, we're going to talk about this next week. He could be Nick Richards next year. Could. Has a he was starting to really turn it on, man, the last, what, six games there? Yeah. Um, Nate Sestina, 5.8. Keon Brooks again. Him and Johnny Juzang, we talked about last week against Florida. They were starting to play better. Um, Nick Richards led the Cats in rebounds, 7.8 <clears throat> on the year. Hagan, 6.4 assists, top 10 in the nation in assists per game. Steals, Ashton Hagan's again, 1.9 steals. Blocks, Nick Richards, 2.1. All in all, 25 and 6. SEC regular season champion, Kentucky Wildcats, a team that could have <clears throat> won it all, but now we will never know, Peyton. Um, all in all, I get, you got to say a good year for the Cats, though. Yep, all around, definitely a good year for them. Yeah, let's move on to the other Bluegrass team that had a chance to legitimately win it all. Louisville Cardinals, Louisville finished the year 24-7. and They was tied for second ACC along with Duke and Virginia. Um, starting the year off, we had to go at Miami, beat their, beat their ass by like 13, uh, 87 to 74 uh, win. We started the season 9 and 0, beat a hot Michigan team after they just beat Gonzaga and North Carolina a couple of days before that game in the Maui tournament. And they beat Indiana State while we were in attendance. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, yeah, that's right. Uh, did have a chance to just watch my Lord calling us play again, once again. Um, beat Michigan, red hot team I mentioned. Held a hot, hot Michigan team to 43 points. I just want to put that out there. We only scored 58, but we held them 43. That's how good at one point our defense was. Um, beat Pittsburgh. Uh, out, uh, lost uh, um, Texas Tech in Madison Square Garden. That was terrible. That was one of Jordan Noy's worst games of the year. Um, ended up bouncing back, beating Eastern Kentucky. Beat uh, Miami, Ohio. Then the Kentucky game came. At one point, we was down a lot. Came back. Fought back, almost won the damn thing. If we hit free throws, that's another what if. If we hit free throws, we won that game. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't. Hell of a game, though. Um, and then we beat, got beat by Full State right after that, too. Took a, a Jordan Lord bounce back, had like 30 points in that game. Um, but didn't get the job done. Then we go on a tremendous winning streak. I think like 10, 11 in a row. Beat teams like Duke, at Duke. Um, we beat Virginia for the first time in a long-ass time at home. Then we took a two-game losing streak to really bad losses at Georgetech, at Clemson. Uh, bounced back, beat Syracuse and North Carolina. Then got destroyed by Florida State again, beat Virginia Tech, and got beat by Virginia, and that's the last game of the season. Um, finished the year 24-7, second ACC statistics. Um, I know 100% Jordan Noy led us in scoring. I don't know how much. Let me refresh. Let me get this going here. Uh, finished year 15. Uh, he, he scored uh, 18 points per game. Uh, Dwayne Sutton led us in rebounds with 8.2. David Johnson led us in assists with 2.8. Uh, Lamar Kimball led us in steals with 0.8 per game. Dwayne Sutton led us in blocks with 0.7 per game. Um, all around season totals. Um, actually, never mind. We had an up and down season. Last year is totally different because I had no expectations coming this season. This year, I had a hell of a lot of high expectations. And I feel like we didn't really live up to those expectations, at least my expectations coming into the season. Um, it definitely sucks that we definitely don't get a tournament. I hate keep mentioning that, but I really feel like if we had the tournament, Jordan Norris is going to have a hell of a tournament, kind of like Carson Edwards did last year. Um it sucks. I mean, I hate thinking about it. But all around, we had, I'll say it, we had a good season. Chris Mack's second season for Louisville. Uh, he definitely did well. 
Um, I just feel so bad for those seniors. I'm going to miss them, man. Like, I'm heartbroken right now. Um, all those seniors watching them play, like, I'm going to miss them. This sucks. I hate it. Yeah. Um, Louisville, again, I know they had their struggles at times, but when those brackets was coming out, there'd be a three or four. Maybe could have slid back up to two, but I was going to have them going pretty far. Yeah. I'm still really high on them. Real quick, our Indiana counterparts. IU goes 20 and 12 on the year, 10th in the Big Ten, but the Big Ten was loaded. Indiana's season, they started off 9 and 0, 10 and 0, with a huge upset, especially now considering at home blowing out Florida State. That's a game Devontae Green goes for 30 plus. Yeah. First loss at Wisconsin, Wisconsin blew them out. They win some more. Then they go on a little losing streak, win, lose. That's kind of how Indiana's uh, middle of the season, four game slide, bounce back and win in Iowa. Long story short, Indiana, 20 wins. They're led by freshman Trace Jackson Davis, 13 and a half points. IU was going to make the NCAA tournament again for the first time in her Archie Miller, first time in like four seasons. And could have easily, depending on matchups, could have made a Sweet 16. IU has a lot to be looked forward to. Next week's episode, when we talk about preseason or early, way too early top 25, I'm telling you the Hoosier is going to be top 15-ish. IU, because Trace Jackson Davis, for all we know, is coming back. Yeah. Um, but all in all, not a bad year for IU. Served the purpose. Were they going to make a Final Four? Probably not. But with the way season goes, you don't know. The, the one struggle, they just couldn't shoot the ball. No. You're not used to it, and they couldn't shoot free throws. And they couldn't defend the three. <laughs> if they could shoot free throws, forget the three-point shooting. If any could just hit their free throws, now they win 25 games, and then they're sitting here at 25 and 7, and that looks more like a 3 seed. Because think about Kentucky is 25 and 6. And they had got more of the benefit of the doubt being in the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, that's how big a free throws. That cost them so many games. Peyton, Purdue, do you have Purdue stuff pulled up? No, but I'm showing you. Real quick about Indiana, I just want to say I called. I knew they weren't going to make the tournament. <laughs> 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 I'm counting that as a bank on it. I don't care. That's five in the year. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, hold on. Let me try to get Purdue's thing up. I can pull them up right yeah, here. Yeah, go ahead. They go 16 and 15 on the year, Peyton. Obviously up and down, but they had one of the craziest resumes. All the good wins. Sweeping IU. They uh, beat Virginia at home. They played really good teams in Texas, even though they lose. They, had the, they swept Iowa, swept Michigan, beat Michigan State's ass. Yeah. They had so many good wins, even though with the 15, they could easily, if they had won, if they made it to the semifinals of the Big Ten tournament, give them 18 wins, Peyton, I still think they'd have snuck in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, uh, it would have been tough. Uh, they played very well against Florida State, could have beat Florida State, um, but didn't get the job done. But definitely had a good a lot If of good you wins. are a Boilers fan, you need to be excited for next year. And I hate talking about next year because we, that's the only thing we got to talk Yes, they're lo- Jihad Proctor came in as a grad transfer, did his job. They're losing a couple pieces, but think about it. Remember their player that coming in this year? I was excited about They redshirted him. Brandon Newman, yeah. keep the name for next year. That is your superstar for Purdue next year. The well, kid from Valpo, he is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And works. Mason Gillies will be back ready to play, too. Mm-hmm. Kid from Newcastle had to set out because he's still injured. Yep. Purdue could be good next year. Mm-hmm. Could be really good next year. Peyton, as we start to wind down the show, uh, obviously it's been sad because we should be sitting here right now hypothetically talking about the NCAA tournament. It's sad for us. Real quick, I am sad for the seniors. Miles Powell doesn't get in the way he wants to end. Marcus Howard, et cetera, et cetera. I'm 
sad for those freshmen and then the people who are going pro who wanted to play in the NCAA tournament for the first time or maybe for the last time, like a Nick Richards. Um, I'm sad for the people who got hurt earlier in the year and busted their ass rehabbing to get back for the chance to play in the NCAA tournament. And it's taken away. I'm sad for the automatic qualifiers. I'm sad for the Utah State. Sam Merrill gave us a performance of his life, played 112 minutes in a row to knock off San Diego State back-to-back games. I'm sad for who else was automatic qualifiers? Um, Liberty. I'm sad for whoever. I, I can't even think right now. The, the Missouri Valley winner that we watched last week that beat Valpo. Oh, God. I can't even think right now. I'm I, I'm sad for all of that that they all this time. I'm sad for Sabrina Ionesca. I'm sad for South Carolina with a chance to win another national championship in women's. I'm sad for you name it, man. These small schools that had to make the tournament in forever just to get knowing that they're probably going to get blown out in the first round, but just a chance to be there and takes part in the spectators. And just to say, hey, I got to make the tournament and play to Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, Louisville, da-da-da-da, Kansas. Memories that last for a lifetime. The fans that got to travel, the, I'm sad for them. I'm sad for the, the cities who depend. I'm sad for Indianapolis that lost out on millions of dollars of potential revenue. And, of course, I'm sad for us college basketball fans. Yeah, um, you mentioned basically everybody. I'm sad for too. Teams like Boston University who haven't made a cha- uh, not change, haven't made the tournament since 2011. They clinched their, they won their conference tournament and clinched the spot in the tournament. Unfortunately, they don't get the opportunity to play in it now. Uh, all the seniors, I just want to give shout out some some seniors. All the seniors really, but some seniors that stuck on the mind. You mentioned that two players that I took a liking to last last year, Marcus Howe and Miles Powell. It's unfortunate they didn't get the inning they definitely deserved. Um, Kentucky, Nick Richards, he's not a senior, but still Nick Richards, the year he had is phenomenal. Um, in Louisville, all the seniors, Dwayne Sutton, Keith Odo, Ryan McMahon, Jordan Noyes, a junior, but he always said he's leaving the team. Um, Lamar Campbell, Stephen Enoch. I feel so bad for Ryan McMahon because his four years, or he had five years, he registered yep. in his freshman year. Let's think about this real quick. 2015 was the postseason band. 2016, lost in the first round. 2017, lost his head coach. Yep. Got a new coach, NIT. Last year, got a new coach again. A first round exit. Yep. And then this year, no postseason. Yep. I did like he is phenomenal and he had a rough year. I mean, rough years at Louisville. How about Yudoka Azubuki? A chance yeah, to win a man. legit national championship. He hasn't seen his mom in a decade or however long. And they said if they made it to the Final Four, she's going to finally get a flyover. And now he, that doesn't get to happen. Um, just so many sad stories, Peyton. And it, it sucks that we won't crown. We won't even get a chance to watch a champion play. No. Won't even get a chance. Um, we are now, I think it said like 150 days away from Big Blue Madnesses and all that. Um, Peyton, we teased it. The one uh, <laughs> terrible timing. Because you can't do recruiting stuff right now, so it, you, and plus it's just sad all around. So I don't understand these coaches being fired now. Grand Canyon fired their only head coach right now in school history, Dan Marley. That head coach, that that crowd, that's one of the best home crowds in college basketball. Mm-hmm. That Grand Canyon, somebody could take that and make that a legit 
like small town winner. Yeah. Um, and Iona fires their coach Peyton, their new head coach, Slick Rick Patino, back in the college game. He's back. I am so happy Rick Patino's back. I don't care if it's coaching a small school like I am. I don't really give a damn. I'm just so happy to be back. I don't care what he did at Louisville. That's in the past for me. It's all about the future, and he's going to make Iona in a couple of three, probably three years max, in my opinion. He's going to make Iona a good ass team and a team that I'm just excited. I hope he schedules against teams like maybe Kentucky. I want to see those matchups again. Vi- Vital wants Vital wants that in Madison Square Garden. Him versus Kaszewski again. Him how about Jim? Jim how about in the same conference? Iona versus Manhattan. His former assistant oh, yeah. coach Steve Masiello. Oh. That'll be fun playing twice a year. Um, and you're right, Iona within three or four seasons. They've they've had some history too. The the last decade, they've been in the tournament decent. <clears throat> He's gonna and this is where Rick's the best at. His best teams weren't always with five stars. No. Give he, him three and four star guys because they will go to Iona to play for him the, in the Gales. And he just coaches them up by the time he'll be like or he'll be like um Izzo keeping four year guys at Michigan State. Iona will be a power, not maybe not. National power, they'll be knocking a top 25 door like that mid major. You do not want to play in about four or five seasons. Should he continue this out and stay? They'll be he'll be giving major teams some problems. And he's like you said, he's a development coach. He gets he will get the occasional five star here or there, but his best is just developing guys, guys like Donovan Mitchell, who spent a couple years for him playing. Uh, by the way, shot. Donovan Mitchell, he's a, he got the coronavirus. I hope he does. I hope he does well. He I think seems he's to be make doing a full well. Recovery. He did a post in a video. Yeah. I posted on the group. Shout out uh, players to him. Real quick, we asked for some thoughts on this. Connor McCabe says I'm really pissed off, but then they understand. Uh, he said Doke was one of the best he's ever seen at Kansas. Uh, Johnny Stroud says as a Hoosiers fan, I'm bummed as I believe our team is back to going to be back in the dance. Maybe we'll win a game or two. Clayton Webster says I feel for the mid majors. This year was wide open. Basically, and he talked about Kamar Baldwin and Ob Toppin. I feel terrible for him and that Dayton program. But Peyton can't dwell on the sadness forever. I'm going to ne- <laughs> next week episode. The next episode, episode sixty, is going to be our way too early top twenty-five. Indiana, Kentucky, Purdue, Louisville all should be in there and all should be good next year, Peyton. But to wrap up the 2019-2020 season, I am Josh Burton, Mister Cooter. And that's all we got to say. Fuck the coronavirus. We'll see you next week. Boom!